Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 41, Ice Creams and Endings. Enjoy the show! I'm Rosie, I'm Jessica, and you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. Hello Jessica. Hello Rosie. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. It is, isn't it? It's a good room. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to paint that. Have I told you what I'm going to do with it? Yes, you have. Chest of drawers I'm pointing out there, dear listener. El Ombre. Very good. Ombre drawers. Uh, that was your nickname, wasn't it? I'm going to put my speakers down so I've got more space for books. Speaking of books, Jessica. Oh, dear. No, it's going well. Already. Yeah, well, I thought we ought to get it out of the way. So, obviously, recent listeners will know about my ongoing problem with book buying, buying books I don't read, which has now just become reading books I don't own because I just keep getting them from the library. So I'm not necessarily getting the problem down. But the other week, I was on holiday, which we will return to. I read four books in one week. That's That's very good. Not the books I intended to, because the cottage we stayed in had books there, and I wanted to read those while I could. Although yes. one of them I did own, and then there was another one which I didn't own, and I had to race to finish that, um, which was the book The Hair with Amber Eyes by Edmund Duval. And it was incredible. It was really interesting. It's about a man who inherits a collection of Japanese natsuki, which are tiny, very intricate models, and he has 256, I think, or maybe 264. And he traces back through his family who bought them. Oh, right, where from. they came from. Yeah, and it's just fascinating because it is goes... It, is it fiction or is it No, it's, it's all okay. true. Okay, oh, I, that's, I love that kind of book. Oh, it's great. It starts with his, I think, his great-uncle, and that's sort of in late uh, 1800s, Belle Epoque, France. He gets sent as a wedding present across to Vienna, and then they're a Jewish family, so Nazis, and that's terribly sad. I mean, I just, it was fascinating. Then I also read Nancy Mitford, which was very different and <laughs> slightly disappointing. Everyone had told me how much I would love Nancy Mitford. It was yeah. fine. What was it, Love in a Cold Climate? Yes, which I found is actually a sequel to The Pursuit of Love, sort oh. of. Oh, yes, it sort of is, isn't it? I haven't read either of those, but I've watched Love in a Cold Climate on the television. I see. Is that the one where they hang out in the airing cupboard? Gotcha. I think I think the television adaptation was both of them linked together. Okay. I also read The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake by Amy Bender. And Big Brother by Lionel Shriver, both of which were about difficult sibling relationships and food. And they were very weird double So bill. it's like this podcast. Yeah, pretty much. I've just started reading Divergent. The YA. The YA novel. <laughs> YA the... sounds like a great like, rallying cry. YA! Yay! I'm not very far into it. The chapter's not very long, so if I say I'm on chapter six, that doesn't really give you a brilliant idea. That means nothing. But I'm enjoying it already. I like the I like the style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the I like the cut of a jib. I've got a great number of YA books on my on my spreadsheet. I love YA. I think this could be a feature in itself. But I love YA books. YA for not. <laughs> no. So it's book central. I'm currently reading a 600 page economics book, which is slightly killing me. Is that the uh, Piketty? Yes, cap- that one. Das Capital or whatever. It's <laughs> capital in 21st century, and it's interesting, but. It's not plot heavy. It's not great. The character's pretty rubbish. And at one point, he claimed that Mr. Darcy's first name was Charles. So you I can't saw trust your tweet a word about he that. Says. No, he's clearly a moron. <laughs> For a start, how could you forget the name Fitzwilliam? How could you name a character Fitzwilliam firstly, and then have his best friend called Mr. Fitzwilliam or Colonel Fitzwilliam? But then again, that could happen in life. Like the kind of your best uh, friend could just, have the same name. Just as one you. Steve rule. Because in fiction, there, there's only ever one character of any name. 
Whereas a really weird construction 20% of the men I know are called Tom. If not more than that, actually. I'll go through a solid third of my male friends are called Tom. I know a lot of Emily's. Uh, Emily's yeah. and Tom's. I know a lot of in fact, I know somebody called Emily Tom's. Maybe she's in charge. To return to the point I said we would return to, I went on a lovely holiday without you. Yeah, you did. Well, we came back from our holiday, and then less than a week later, I went on another holiday. I just was at work. I went with our parents to Norfolk. It was good times. We went to a holiday cottage that we had all been to several times yeah, it's a really nice throughout place. our teenage years. Near uh, the beach? Yeah, we went to the beach once, where the people doing the ice creams had obviously not been properly trained in how to serve soft serve ice cream. Because, obviously, you get the cone, you sort of start about ca- an inch below ca- the rim. You catch it on the bite. You catch it on the bite, and you do a little you do a twist up, and then it starts to melt down to the cone. They had not done this. They had plunged right to the bottom of the cone and done a solid brick of ice cream. So you're getting about twice the amount of ice I cream. I mean, that that's week. incredible value for money. The, you, I've had too much ice cream before and I felt a little sick and overly sugared. This was like I'd eaten a really big meal. <laughs> it was like when you did think... Did have a flake in it as well? <laughs> they did have a flake in it, which looked ridiculous. It looked like a Cadbury's finger in comparison <laughs> to the rest of the ice cream. But it was just this solid brick of ice cream and then it became a solid brick of ice cream just sitting in my stomach. I had to abandon it. I, I didn't eat the cone. It was too much. As I said today, like bread is a jam delivery system. That cone yes. was solely there as an ice cream that's, delivery yeah, system. Yeah, that's true. I've, I mean, you could easily argue that. But aside from trying to overdose on stuff, sir, Mr. Whippy, it was a very lovely holiday. Good. Did a lot of reading. Was the weather good? Was the weather nice? Yes, it was. It was nicer than I thought it was going to be. And it, we came home the weekend of the enormous thunderstorms that happened across oh, London. Stunner. So I woke up the morning after there'd been that 5am lightning show. Obviously, I love a thunderstorm. I love rain. It rained solidly for an hour the other day, and a couple of days before that, solidly for about two. I know, I was just about to go to the supermarket. But I missed, I, the queen of lightning storms, missed this incredible lightning storm. It didn't happen in Norfolk. We just got a bit of rain. And it would look good in Norfolk. It's very flat Norfolk, so you'd be able to see it. You know what's fun to do on holiday? Picnics. Right. You know what I did yesterday? Went on holiday. I went on a picnic. It wasn't so much a picnic as... Um, eating outside. Eating outside. Okay. We all brought our own dinner. Okay. Then we went back to work, which was... What did you take? I had baby baked potatoes with black pepper and spring onion cream cheese on a bed of lamb's lettuce. Cherry plum tomato. Not just normal cherry tomatoes. Cherry, cherry plum, plum tomatoes. Oh. And some grapefruit segments. And then I had some scones that I'd made the day before... And I'd cut up strawberries and blueberries and put them in one of my little um, paper chase Tupperwares that you got me. And it was delightful. And then I have, oh my God, I bought the most amazing thing the other day. So you know how you get insulated coffee mugs? Yes. You can get insulated cold drink cups. But this is bright pink and I got it at Morrison's and it cost me like two quid. I bought a, an innocent smoothie because they're on offer in Whole Foods. And I had a can of San Pellegrino uh, cloudy lemonade stuff. And I mixed the two together to make a sort of lassie. Not the dog. <laughs> But obviously without the yoghurt. And it was so nice. I was really pleased with my choices. Can we just backtrack? No. To what was in your box? Yeah. Did you say you had baby plum tomatoes and slices of mango? Melon? Grapefruit. Okay. Were you treating the grapefruit as part of the savoury? No. Were they in with the tomatoes? No, no, they were in a separate section. Okay, that's fine. You ran the sentence together and I get very, very iffy about people treating fruit as a savoury. Now... I love a ham and pineapple pizza. I had an excellent salad that involved bits of melon the other day. That is fine. But it's when people, like, make a curry and put grapes in it. Oh, salad with mango in. You cannot move with... for a mango was... in a crayfish well, salad. I did consider putting some grapefruit in a salad the other day. But Rich then fun. I remember that I don't like that, so I didn't. I went to the ballet this week. The ballot. The ballot. 
Lots of nice middle class people had taken their little girls to the ballet. I Why was you one, one of those, of those little, little girls. girls. <laughs> <laughs> so we put my, my, my Nelly and me, we put on our nice frocks and we went off to the ballet to see Capelia at the English National Opera. At the That's Coliseum. the one where she's a doll, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a odd plot. There's like some guy that's made a doll. That's not then... one with the chickens, is it? Which one's that? No, that's the... the, the <laughs> Female Garden. Female Garden, not the Casual Folly. That's a different thing. What I like about the Coliseum and the English National Opera is that when they bring the safety curtain down, it looks like it's a big production by Brian Eno because it just says, Eno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Third act, big tedious. The little girls next to us are getting a little bored. As was I. You were one of those little I girls. I was one of those little girls next to us. I mean me. I've been a vegan for ten years. Do you get a little coin, a little chip? I'm like hoping, I'm hope, yes, or I'm hoping for a badge. Congratulations. Thank you. I did watch you eat an ice cream on a beach. Well, that, that's why, <laughs> if you'll notice, I wrote that down oh, right. while we were talking, because I nearly said the only thing I've ever deliberately eaten that wasn't vegan in the last ten years was a Mr Whippy. And to be brutally honest, wasn't worth it, which kind of confirmed my Yeah, but that's decision. because the... Mr. Whippy, you are not in it for the quality of the ice cream. You are in it for being on a beach and having an ice cream. Yeah, I know, I know but even the whole thing is like... Yeah. If I'd made you a macaron, if I'd bought you a really top dollar macaron or a, a shoe bun, I wouldn't even go meat. I'd keep you vegetarian. Well, the, the thing is, because it was part of the experience, it was that everyone else was sitting on the beach eating Mr. Whippy. Also, that it was experience like a child was marred who... because I dropped my ice cream and you got very upset. <laughs> you got very upset. It's the saddest thing in the world. I Yes, and that and balloons. I think balloons are sadder than ice creams. Because it's easier to replace an ice cream than to be like, oh, I'll go and buy you another balloon. But at least the balloon disappears. The, the ice no, cream but it takes forever. You, because the ice cream, you're like, well, it's here. And you can do something about it. The balloon, you just have to watch go. Yeah, like I a, suppose. Like a lover sailing away on a boat. Um, I think there's something... I find uh, something inherently sad about food that you were looking forward to and then can't eat. I don't you know must why. experience that quite a lot. No, but like not not Ooh, like oh that looks nice, but it's got butter in it. I, I can't mean, wait to have this of... uh, apple tart in this Belgian cafe. Oh, oh no, it's full of crepitus. Yeah, that was that's not my finest moment. But, but congratulations, thank you. If I'd known, I'd have baked a cake. As but you would not have been able to. Eat. Someone at work said yesterday. I, I mentioned the fact that I I didn't eat dairy. I said, oh, are you lactose intolerant? No, I'm I'm a vegan. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Like, followed up by, have you seen Scott Pilgrim uh, vs. the World? And I went, yeah, no vegan diet, no vegan powers. Chicken parmesan isn't vegan. Oh, I'd love a chicken parmesan. It means you never have smothered chicken. Smothered chicken is a chicken breast covered in barbecue sauce and cheese. Oh, it's great. I don't think I've ever eaten chicken with cheese in any... I don't, that's not something... See, that's the thing. Chicken parmesan. I don't want parmesan cheese with my chicken. No, I would eat that. I've never encountered some other chicken until I got to university and the Charles pub next to your campus used to do a pub classics menu two ninety nine. You get chips, peas, great peas is a great vegetable. I think peas is an underrated vegetable. I love peas. I've got some and fresh and a fresh garden peas in the fridge actually that I need I to shell and make into soup. Upgrade to curly fries was like seventy five P. So for three I mean you would. You're getting not just quite a lot of meat and like three seventy four even don't do it down. Well, I can't remember how much it was. <laughs> a glass of wine was ninety nine p. But now it their really... pub classics menu, they're all like six pounds, or it's buy one get one free. So you really need to go in with a friend who's also having a meal. Well, the last time I went to the Charles, I had a fisherman's platter. We'd all been out the night before. I would not recommend it if you are slightly worse for wear. Don't have a lot of breaded and fried fish. <laughs> But it was a medley. 
It was like, there was a bit of prawn, a bit of scampi, but oh, If there's one thing I love, Jessica. What's that, Rosie? A fiasco. I love a fiasco. There's no one else you like. Cinema events. Oh my goodness. I love great cinema and I love fiascos. So this the fiascos week, that other people have caused and been uh, yeah. involved in and you can just read about later. I've caused my own fiascos. I didn't love those. There's an episode of This American Life about fiascos and the little introduction one is about a performance of Peter Pan that is so wildly ambitious. And this is part of what a fiasco is, is it has to have a crazy <laughs> ambition. Yeah. So, so that if it worked, it would be incredible. But it's just definitely not going to work. The, so, uh, for example... The, reach, the, the phrase reach must exceed their grasp uh, springs to mind a bit in a bad way. Um, not in an aspirational way, in a, what was he thinking? I mean, really the sort of final thing, lots of things had already gone wrong, including, let's remember, children flying on stage. Captain Hook's hook flying off and hitting an old lady in the audience, to which he said, they don't make them like they used to. So I am, I am always looking to sit down and enjoy a fiasco. So this week... Uh, the company Secret Cinema was meant to open its Back to the Future screenings. They've gone from you buy a ticket, you go to a location, you don't know what film you're going to see. I no mean, one really knows about it. That's upsetting for. Yeah, I couldn't cope. With I that. couldn't cope with that because they might show me a horror film, and I would have to leave. But in an immersive fashion, I've got to go. I'm the killer. <laughs> well, you can't just get up and walk out. <laughs> You've got to start slapping people on the way out. Pretend to be an actor. Uh, do you even know what genre it's going to be? No, I think it is possible to find out. The but stress the, would be too much. With their previous things, they did Grand Budapest Hotel, and you knew that was Grand Budapest Hotel. And it was going Hotel. to be, yes, because it was going to be... And with Back to the Future, it was... You knew it was, yes, it, it was wasn't back, secret. So yeah. it's not so much secret as event cinema. And for this, they are... Created a whole town. Or did they? <laughs> they tried to create a whole town. <laughs> they were going to create a whole town. So the idea of this is that you go and see a film, but it's not just a nice screening of a film you like. They have actors running around being recreating bits. There's a lot of events going on before the screening. The screening is actually sort of the final bit. They showed Prometheus. You turned up and you had been told to wear a sort of jumpsuit thing and you were running around and it was putting groups and you were like part of the crew. This may be leading up to this, but please, given the nature of, uh, of how Alien was going And an alien has sex with your face. <laughs> did. <laughs> that wasn't where I was going, but yeah. Did at any point somebody unexpectedly have an alien <laughs> burst out of I them? hope so. Everyone was gathered up and put into a hole and you watched... Into a holding cell. Yeah, and you watched Prometheus and then it was over. They were going to do this with Back to the Future and they sort of had to do turning it into Hill Valley and people... I know some people who had tickets and so you could be a Hill Valley High student. It was going to be set in 1955. There was going to be prom happening. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. All incredibly exciting. However, 19 minutes before their opening night, they cancelled it with no explanation of why. They said, we'll give you an update on tomorrow's performance at 11am. 11am came and went. Two hours before the show was about to start, they cancelled the show. (laughs) And then a bit later they went, yeah, we're just going to open next week instead. But it was sort of mind-boggling, because the problem for me isn't that they cancelled the show. It's how poorly they handled it. Yeah, their PR department... um... Fired, I'm guessing. Well, it's just it's extraordinary that you would cancel things, miss deadlines, not t- and the problem is not tell anyone why it happened because people had very quickly worked even out. Even lie at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, there was also reports of an uh, unexploded sorry. bomb in that had been found in the Olympic Park, like a World War Two bomb. Right. And so people were thinking maybe it was that, and we're like, well, maybe they can't stay. No, it wasn't. It was just that they hadn't built it in time, so they couldn't comply with health and safety from the council. Although it's meant to be secret cinema, when you're building something in a huge public car park, people can see it. So people had loads of photos of this half-finished set and of the people who were meant to be building it playing football. 
<laughs> so they were just tweeting pictures Amazing. of this half-finished set and they weren't answering anything and then everybody started posting loads of really funny jokes about it and I am not going to Secret Cinema. I now will not go to Secret Cinema because I think that they can't run events so I don't want to give they them had their £53. No, that's a lot for... And watching a film that I have. I mean, it would be amazing. Yeah. But I do own them on DVD. But I had a, an open Twitter search that I kept going back to of just the word secret cinema to see people getting increasingly furious. That's what was quite interesting was some people then getting angry at the people who were angry because they were like, well, well why would you go and spend £50 to see a film you've already seen, idiots? Uh, what a ridiculous waste of money. Why would you get upset about it being cancelled? And I can only presume those people have never experienced looking forward to something. Because yeah. it's a that gets cancelled I once burst into tears because a two minute talk I didn't want to do didn't happen <laughs> but it was just the feeling of like oh my god I've got to do this. Uh, uh, and then it just I was like oh god oh the adrenaline has to go somewhere so I burst into tears and I was like I'm really quite happy about this news my song is uh, Lone Star by Nora Jones Lone Star Top Fives Top Fives speaking of fiascos <laughs> Recently, in the last few weeks, mm. E4 finally broadcast the finale of long-running tedious love fest, How I Met Your Mother. Now, I had read many reports of this finale when it went out in America. I don't watch How I Met Your Mother. So when it came out in the US and they showed the finale, and let's just put it this way, we're going to be talking heavily about finale spoilers. Yeah. So it finally happened. Our parents were fine with it. Jessica luckily shares all of my problems that I have gleaned about a programme I don't care about and that I haven't seen. My initial reaction, not actually broadcastable. Strongly negative. <laughs> I've written a pros and cons list. Pro. I never pro. have to watch another episode of How I Met Your Mother. I only have one pro. That was First Girl Wins, which is a trope that I really like. Right, these are my problems with the last episode of How I Met Your Mother. It was sort of a two-parter, but not, not quite. Sort of the penultimate one really fed into it. I felt they were really rushed to the point at which they were then they were introducing new story into the last episode. That's never what you do. I feel like they let us get really invested in relationships which were killed literally after the vows had been said five minutes later. Yeah. From with Barney and Robin's the failure of Barney and Robin's marriage. Let's face it, I'd been watching it wondering if they made it because of the nature of the pair of them. They, the whole of the final season had been leading up to their wedding. It had been set at their wedding. Yeah, it seems absolutely ludicrous to and spend a season getting people excited about a wedding that ends minutes after it actually takes yes, place. Yeah, Barney regresses massively, but within the last episode. So he goes back to how he was in the first few seasons. Robin was just moping about being miserable, so you kind of didn't enjoy the last episodes very much for her. She wasn't almost wasn't really in them that much. Tracy, who is the mother, was set up as being absolutely perfect for Ted with a load of kind of throwaway lines and uh, callbacks and things that you realise that she is basically the female version of Ted and they're ideal together. So it turns out the reason Ted is telling his kids how he met their mother is because their mother isn't there to tell them how they met because she's dead. My feeling is the whole premise of this programme is about getting those two characters together. Yes. So in the finale to go, gotcha! Gotcha! Imagine them watching one of the previous episodes back and it's all about, oh, is this your mother? And you think, well, I don't care because she's literally no one to you, Ted. The first episode, obviously, it's set up so that the idea is that he meets Robin and then you assume that it's going to be how they got together. And then at the end of the episode, it says, and that's how I met your Aunt Robin. And the kids are like, I'm sorry, what? Sorry, I didn't like it. When looking back, I didn't hate it as much as I did initially, 
But the fact that I kind of went, what? Halfway through it, as they kind of revealed various bits, I was like, are you kidding me? But things ended very well for Marshmallow and Lilypad. And actually, things ended well for all of them, aside from the fact that Ted's wife was dead. But they did actually all get happy endings, sort of. Um, Actually, my favourite bit of the episode was when the credits rolled and they had a shot of all of them from the first episode looking really, really young (laughs) and with their names as the character. And it was just nice. No. We thought we would talk to you about our top five. Top fives. Television finales. Right. I need to get my list back up. I wrote notes. Well done, whoever invented the smartphone. They're just brilliant. I like wrote notes on a tiny computer. That kind of sums up everything I felt in the last few years. We're living in the future. And my credit card, I don't even have to type in a number because I just go, bip, I've paid for something. You have a touchy-touch credit card. I have a a touch and swish and swipe and debit card. Shake and back. I have a shake and back credit card. I really like the last episode of Gilmore Girls, actually. We've mentioned it on the podcast before. It has book uh, bookending... Yes, I did enjoy it. I really like an episode where everything wraps up so you know exactly what happens to everybody. Whereas in that one, it was kind of like, well, I know Luke and Laura are going to eventually get married and live together forever. But I wanted it a little stronger. Okay. But it was good. It was good. And Rory um, wasn't with that terrible Logan man anymore. Rory had ditched Logan. And in retrospect, that's even better because she, you know what she was doing? She was on the campaign trail with Barack Obama leading up to his initial presidential uh, campaign. And um, Richard and Emily kind of, you feel like they finally got it. Yes. It was all good and everyone was happy and it was lovely and they made that giant tent and it rained. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, it was raining, so I loved it. I like the last episode of ER for a similar reason, because it has bookends. Have you seen the last episode of ER? I have, actually. See, weirdly, be, I haven't, and I watched a lot of... I was an ER person. Yeah, I have, I've watched a fair amount of ER, but the crucial thing to note is that the, the first episode ends with one of the new doctors being called in to go and help with an ambulance, uh, and it's Dr Carter and Dr Green. And then in the last episode dr carter who who is who was the newbie in the first episode is now like a fully fledged doctor and he's been off and he's traveled and he's come back and he's not like consultant stuff and dr green in the meantime he's dead he did but his daughter rachel who we'd met originally as a sort of snotty bratty six-year-old is now training to be a doctor and she's the new doctor in, and she's like yeah, lovely and she turns up and she says hi to everyone says hi do you remember me and that's really cute and it's lovely and they do they wrap up loads of bits and it's cool and just stick with the medical theme uh, scrubs not the not the actual last episode of the proper last episode the official yeah. last episode of scrubs where jd leaves sacred heart not the one where he comes back yeah obviously because that did wrap things up and it goes it kind of you get a glimpse into the future and it's all good and it's all happy and, and loads of characters come and back they did one of my favorite things is they and which actually how i met your mother did a few episodes previously okay. they did a kind of basically roll call of all the minor characters that have like all of them. He has to walk down a corridor and it is lined on both sides by minor characters who have appeared and all the cameos and guest stars and stuff. They're all there. And it's lovely. And I really like it. Um, that was number three. I've got I've got a tied number four. You can't have that. Unless okay. they're like the same. And you can't, you could have Cheers and Frasier, but you couldn't have. Okay, yeah, that would, I see your link. Okay. Um, in that case, I'll pick Will and Grace. Which I believe is also John's two-parter. People are like really big on two-parter endings, aren't they? Yeah, like Harry Potter. Let's <laughs> joke about films, carry on. I like the ending of Will and Grace 
because it jumps quite a long way into the future. Turns out Will and Grace haven't actually spoken to each other for quite a long time. It, it turns out all right, and then their kids are at college, and they, they're across the hall, and they meet each other again, and then their kids get married, and they all become friends again, they all start hanging out, and Jack has been looking after Karen in the same way that Karen was looked after Jack, because his bajillionaire boyfriend had got... Beverly too, Leslie blew off her Beverly Leslie was too light, and he went onto the balcony to look for Jack, and he got swept away by a gust of wind, and it was fab. One of the best gags is that um, all of them were made up to look older, except for Karen, who looks identical. <laughs> but they did something that I really like, which is where you have characters who you've always known as looking current. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're aged up for something, and then th- then the final shot is them looking young again, but in the same clothes, in the same situation. So they're at the bar, and they sort of give a taste, and you see their glasses, and they have a drink, put their glasses down, and they're all young again. And it's like, yeah, they look like they did. And the final one, this is a bit of a weird one, but it's not, because I'll explain. I never really watched Six Feet Under. Like, I watched some of it, but I wasn't a huge fan. They have the best finale, like, the best ending. Not necessarily the whole episode, but the very, very end is the best, like, way to finish uh, a season I've ever seen, because it's so appropriate for the show. They kind of wrap everything up, I think, and then they show how every single character dies. You know how you watch the last episode and you want to know what happens to everyone? Yes. They literally tell you... <laughs> This is how it happens, and like one one of them gets shot on duty as his like security guard, and then um, one of them like dies in bed, surrounded by all of her family and stuff. And it's like it's really cool. Like they show every single character way into the future. I like that. It went fairly well. I mean, apart from I think his name's Keith, who gets shot, but he was old. Like he went to live on a farm. It was fine. Yeah, I just really, I really liked that, and it was so. It was it was a really nice way to wrap it up, and it was so appropriate for the the show and that's my top five my top five top fives i had i struggled with this yeah. because i have a lot of problems with a lot of finales because what i like is almost entirely wish fulfillment which is that yes absolutely basically the last episode you don't need to have a plot you just need something to happen that ensures that everything gets set just, up in a good way yes and then a short biography of all the characters <laughs> it just needs to be a situation which sets everything up well for all the characters yes and it doesn't need to then leap into the future, but I need to know how it's going to continue. So you want Petula Gordino's bag of money? Well, exactly. This is exactly Oh it. my god! Petula Gordino's bag of money. <laughs> so this is what, what I was going to say. The Dinner Ladies. I don't particularly care for the last few episodes of the, sort of the end of the second series. What I really like about the ending is that every character is set up for an okay rest of everything. Yes. So even though sort of the gang slightly gets split up, you can tell they're all going to stay in touch and you can tell it's yeah. going to be okay and Bren and Tony finally get to go get to together Scotland. and go to Scotland. And yes, the fact that Petula had a big bag of money is slightly a deus ex machina, but it's fine. Yeah. So, so dinner ladies, because it's all gets sorted and everybody you can tell has a happy ending that they deserve. I, I struggled, but I thought, do I want to put Buffy on this list? Because I don't really care. I mean, who likes the last season of Buffy? And the ending's a bit ridiculous. And how do they top the ending of season five as well? That's the... Well, exactly. But the important thing about the end of Buffy is, in fact, the one thing I like about it is that they've activated all the other Slayers, which you may not agree with from a kind of, I don't know, in-world mythology, but it means that Buffy doesn't have to be the Slayer anymore. Yes. The main problem of the premise of Buffy is that she is a teenage girl who has to try and be a teenage girl and the Slayer. That problem is finally solved. What I like about the last episode of Buffy is that when it ends, they're standing looking into the crater that was the Hellmouth of Sunnydale, <laughs> and it's all fine. And they go... Well, what are we going to do now then? And they wander off into the sunset, just chatting like they like they did in the first book ending again. But like they always used to when they were teenagers. Well, that's how the first season G- ends. Yeah, they kind of go, "Well, what are we going to do now?" And then Giles says, "Oh, the world is doomed." Yes, you know, 
Well, then somebody says, I think there's another Hellmouth in Cleveland, which is funny because earlier in this season, Clem has said, I'm going to Cleveland at Sacred Heart. I love Clem. I love Clem. I've gone for 30 Rock. My favourite thing towards the end of 30 Rock actually happens about two or three episodes before. Jack gives Kenneth NBC. But he, he knows everything, so that'd be great because he loves every, uh, he loves everyone in television. They have a sort of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory style thing, and they're trying to work out who should take over NBC. Kenneth is basically Charlie Bucket. Yeah. So Jack says, you have to run NBC, you, you know it all. And I genuinely started crying because it is the most lovely thing. Because it seems ridiculous when you say, yeah, Jack gives Kenneth NBC. He's like, no, that's perfect. And he's so happy. Yeah. And it's just, it's just really lovely. Of 30 Rock is hilarious. Everything ends happily and Liz has her babies and her husband. She adopts, I think they're called Tony and Jane or something. And she adopts right. a little Jenna and Tracy. Yeah. With, uh... James Marsden. Okay. <laughs> who Chris, got the girl? Who got the girl whose character is called Christopher Cross. <laughs> and so it all gets sorted and TGS ends, but it's all really good. And then they leap 150 years into the future or something, or even further. There's a young woman sitting there with big hair and big glasses. And she's, she's Liz Lemon's grand, like great, great granddaughter. And then she's pitching a show. And uh, she's pitching it to the head of the network, who's Kenneth <laughs> Who tells you I never ate? He's in Jack's office with a flying car. <laughs> so I really like the ending of 30 Rock, but mainly I like three episodes for the end. Yeah. Now, the thick of it. The final episode in no way meets any of my current criteria for a great final episode, because nothing gets wrapped up. It may not be the last episode. They might eventually make more, although I don't think they will. No. But Malcolm Tucker has kind of been manoeuvred out, and... It ends with like the final shots are just incredible and it's just really exciting. It's him in a car and oh, he's gonna get his revenge on them, and it's just really you're like, oh, this is really good, but in no way, in any way, is it confirmed? So, yeah, and does it sum any, does it wrap anything up? And my final one is Rev, which I never watched until this year and I only watched this series. It, it's very enjoyable. And I love this series of Rev, I think it's one of the most perfect capsule series of something I've ever seen. Yeah. It has this brilliant Easter episode, which kind of tells the whole story of Easter, and Liam Neeson turns up as Tramp God. And then in the end, he's left his parish, he's decided he's not going to be a priest anymore. The church is getting shut down. And then they go, and he does the final service with them, and it's all just very lovely, and you're like, yes, this yes, is very good. It's correct. Do you have any honourable mentions? No. One Tree Hill okay. does the classic, sorts everything out for everyone. Great. And then goes ten years into the future mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and confirms that everything mm. is sorted out for everyone Great. and they're all happy and, and you see um Lucas Scott, the little boy, is now in his senior year of high school and he's the captain of the basketball team. Okay. Uh, then on the wall they've got uh, Grandpa Dan's jersey and Nathan's jersey and James's jersey and it's cute. Well I've written Quantum Leap here. I don't know why because that's just all that's notable is the fact that it has the saddest ending phrase in the um, in the history of television. Sam Beckett never returned him. Why? I'm sorry. <laughs> I trumped by Blackadder Goes Forth. I do, why would you do oh this? Oh my god. The problem with finales, like the Quantum Leap one, is just send him home. You're not making any more. You can have every episode you wanted up to the last one. Do a bit of wish fulfillment for everybody. I don't like a sad ending. No. Why wouldn't you send him home? Why would you make people feel that sad? Why didn't he go home? Why did the guy with Ziggy always wear such terrible shirts? Al. Yeah. Because it was the 80s. Because he was a snappy dresser. What's your song, Rosie? My song is Alex Chilton by The Replacements. Not The Replacements, by Alex Chilton. That would be weird. He's a real man, though. Well, I thought I recognised him. Snack of the day. Snack of the day. Snack of the day. What is your snack? Snack of the day.
That was lovely. Thank you. I didn't know it was going to happen until it happened. Good. Olives. No, I've had olives before. I've had olives before. I've experienced many things. I thought you'd prepared sweet and salty popcorn. Oh, great. I've got a bag of that at work waiting for me. So excited. I tried to buy some for our train trip to Margate. And uh, they'd stopped selling the little little bags. And I just, yeah, I meant to and I, I failed. Needle and fed. Needle and fed. Well, I can't knit and I've quit knitting. However. Slacker. Derrimores are having a sale and they have loads of free patterns online. So yesterday I spent a lovely time downloading all the PDFs to my iPad. They've got Rowan patterns, maybe patterns patterns, I don't know. <laughs> I've had a dress that I'm thinking of knitting. So... Are you going down the knitted dress route? Oh, it's very nice. Controversial. It's like a jumper dress. Okay. So I think I need to get another project on the go, other than my waterfall cardigan. lace situation. Oh, it's not even the lace. The lace is fine. It's just my tension is so weird. It's very tense, but then also very loose. What are you even doing? I've been doing some more quilting. Yep. I want to knit some wellies. In a slightly <laughs> sidebar, I want to knit some wellie socks, because I have wellies and we're going to a festival. My previous ones uh, sprung a leak. I got some in Sainsbury's. Other national supermarkets are available. Yes, yeah, so I'm not the to... national supermarket. It's not like British Rail. <laughs> I just like the idea of a nationalised supermarket. Well, because previously we always say High Street Supermarket, but High Street Supermarket doesn't really work. Yeah, so I've been doing some more quilting. I've been doing the patchwork portion. I haven't actually begun the, the quilting yes. bit. And that's still enjoyable and fun. I bought some more fabric when we were on holiday. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. And yesterday I upcycled a jumpsuit for a friend of mine because it had ripped and it, it had been mended and then it had ripped again. So it wasn't quite worth saving it mm-hmm. um so i cut the legs off and made it into a peplum top lovely thank you i was pleased what have we seen this week what have, have we seen, seen this week hey yesterday i watched a video yesterday. it's nearly 10 minutes long and it is every instance of a brand being mentioned on sex in the city in alphabetical order and that's not a list of every brand mentioned it's every time a brand is mentioned <laughs> so they say the new york times 36 times and it's really Oddly compelling and very funny. Nyquil, Nyquil. Some of them get mentioned tens and tens of times. I've just eaten cake out of the bin. I'm telling you, this is my friend for when you check me into the Betty Crocker clinic. Oh, that had a decent finale. Unfortunately, it cannot be... It It was rapidly eclipsed by both films, neither of which I've been prepared to watch, but I've heard bad things. I think they're so bad, I don't want to watch them. I think they're so bad, they're bad, by the sounds of it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So bad, it's terrible. So bad, they're racist. One of the brands that gets mentioned is the New Yorker magazine, who currently have their paywall down for the summer because they've relaunched a website. So I'm going to be reading some New Yorker articles and Lovely. making myself smart. Uh, so maybe go and do that. Now, this is a literal what I have seen this week. As in, you can't go and investigate it. You saw something this I week I saw something that I want to share. It actually happened last week while I was in Norfolk. We drove past an undertaker's... Which is in an old petrol station. Oh, this is, yeah, this is, this is standard. Standard. we've seen this before. This is a, a known quantity. One of the undertakers came out. He looked exactly like Inspector Barnaby from Midsummer Murders. <laughs> so he was then loading up the hearse with golf clubs. <laughs> so there's this undertakers in a petrol station where Inspector Barnaby has got loads of golf clubs in a hearse. I at really, which point we drove past and I, I, re- I really hoped you were going to say that then Troy came and joined him as his caddy. That would be incredible. I, I spent a lovely evening with my friend Jess, who has a Midsummer Murders bingo thing, and it involves any time Joyce has a hobby. There's Joyce a has fate. a lot of hobbies. Untrustworthy Christians saying things a real Christian would never say. Troy driving. At which point I then went to turn on the television so we could watch Moonrise Kingdom together. 
and ITV3 came up, it was Midsummer Murders, and Troy nearly drove into the back of a tractor. Brilliant. So it all came through. On its way to a fate. Yeah. Is this the finale of Rosie and Jessica, and which point it pans out, and it turns to an autistic boy shaking a snow globe, and it transpires this was all in the mind of a child all along? That's exactly what it was. That is the end of St. Elsewhere. Yeah, I was going to say St. Elmo's fire, that's very different. <laughs> To find out more and to look at our show notes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter, The Day of Fun Show. You can listen to our shows on Mixcloud or you can download us from iTunes. See you soon!